For over 20 years, California-based DJ and producer DJ Shadow has been leaving his distinct mark on hip-hop. Along the way, he's collaborated with some of the genre's most revered artists, like Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest, the Bay Area's E-40, Mike D of the Beastie Boys, Nas, and more. His recently released The Mountain Will Fall sees the producer trading in his trademark sampling approach for Ableton Live to help him flesh out songs in a new way. I got to speak with DJ Shadow about record digging, sampling versus synth-based production, trends in music, and more. This is That Conversation. The, the, the system will defeat itself. Nothing stays in a steady state. It overheats and melts. It only feeds itself. The system. Yo, I think it exists. Just because like a pit eats his pups. Eats his own litter up. The system's full. It's corrupt. It's for his own survival. It's genocidal. No place of origin. No beginning cycle. Let's occupy all streets. It's crazy to think. In the 80s, I wanted mix. In the bins to listen to Michael. And Grand Poop Maxwell. Growing up, I had a number of friends who wanted to be DJs and were really interested and passionate about the culture. Now, tell me if this is a myth about yourself, but I remember a rumor going around maybe late 90s, early 2000s, where you went to a mom and pop record shop and invited people from the public to bring in whatever record they wanted to and you would seamlessly blend them together. Is that an urban legend or did that happen? That happened. That was part of a a series of in-stores I did um, in 97. So the idea being, you know, like I wanted to make it a little more interactive and the idea was um, bring records if you want and I'll try to figure out a way to, to play them. I wouldn't say it was seamless every time, obviously, but um, there were some cool moments. I remember doing it at um, other music in New York and I guess MTV arranged for Grandmaster Flash to come by and like, and and I had no idea that was going to happen and it was it was pretty wild. When you first started your career out as a DJ, maybe even before you realized you would have a career as a DJ, were there other prominent DJs behind the decks who you looked up to, perhaps a Grandmaster Flash? Oh, totally. I mean, everything, I feel like everything I am as a DJ and everything I am as a beat maker is little pieces of other people and then, you know, 5% my own personality and my own um, you know, the things that I bring to the table, but DJ wise, I mean, whew, you name it. I mean, everybody, all the early legends, like, and then, you know, obviously turntablists like Qbert and anybody who scratched on rec on a, like on a record, like on a DJ cut, people like Jazzy Jeff and Cash Money. So many, man, so many. Now, the narrative leading into last year's The Mountain Will Fall LP was that you had started using Ableton to produce and to write. So I want to ask you, maybe for those who are unfamiliar with your setup prior to using Ableton, what were the tools that you used to write and to produce? Well, going way back to the beginning, of course, it was just a four-track cassette recorder um, and dropping all the samples and all the overdubs live off of the turntable. Um, That goes back to the late 80s and then... Um, as soon as I could get enough money together, um, a rapper I used to produce for named Paris helped me get an MPC uh, 60. And they were really untested at that point. Everybody was still using SP 1200s, but I wanted something different. I felt like, okay, well, Premier is the master of the SP 1200. P Rock is the master of the SP 1200. Everybody's already kind of you know, stake the claim on that on that drum machine. So I wanted something different, and that's why I ended up going with the MPC. And I used that for, um, let's see, about ten years actually. Um, obviously, at some point, I graduated to the MPC 2000, 
And then for a while, I was using Pro Tools to make music, or Triton, and was using stuff like Machine, but I never really felt 100% comfortable writing and arranging um, after leaving the MPC until I found Ableton Live. And I think that's really important when you make music is um, you can't let ego and, and experience tell you that, you know, well, you know everything or there's nothing left for you to learn. There's always something new to learn. And you have to open yourself up and basically just sit in class and let people much younger than you show you how to use new, new technology so that you can, you know, uh, incorporate it into your own workflow. I think that's really, really important occasionally to do as a, as a producer. Picture this, I'm a bag of, put me to your lips, I am sick, I will punch a baby bear in his, give me lip, I'ma send you to the yard, get a stick, make a switch, I can end the conversation real quick, I am... Hey, you're listening to Vocalo, and I'm Jesse Menendez. Joining me on the line is DJ Shadow. We still have Nobody Speak featuring Run the Jewels in rotation here at the station. With vocalists and rappers, the meaning of a song is usually apparent because they're telling you literally what it's about with their words. As a producer, when you're composing a track and connecting those stems and laying down those drum patterns, are you working off of a theme or a feeling or a story that you want to unpack? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me... Uh, I'm always trying to to hone in to some kind of emotion, um, and lots of times when people hear the the term you know emotion or emotional, they think you mean sad, but it can also mean rage. It can also mean joy. It can also mean, um, I mean, every type of emotion. And my favorite music has always been music that's really successful at getting to the core of whatever emotion. Uh, they're trying to get across. So to me, a classic example would be something like Public Enemy. Um, and when I'm listening to music, I'm always looking looking for something that gives me that Public Enemy feeling. And what I mean by that is, when I first heard Rebel Without a Pause in 1988, it was like you know a life-changing moment, and it it, it gave me this feeling of euphoria. And when I hear people do something really, really clever or really brave or really um, just incredibly well done and, and just perfectly executed, um, I get that a little bit of that rush, that, that public, what I call the public enemy feeling. So when I sit down to make beats, I'm trying to channel all of those moments. And again, it doesn't always have to be the same emotion. It doesn't always have to be the same energy. But um, if I'm making like a head nodding, you know, hip hop track, I'm trying to channel all the incredible music I've heard in that vein prior and and again just try to add a little bit of myself into the mix because um, the last thing anybody needs is like you know an imitation of somebody else and I always feel like it's important to put your own personality into your into your DJ mixes into your beats that's that's kind of the the mode I operate in This is Vocalo, and I'm your host, Jesse Menendez. On the line is DJ Shadow. You placed a lot of pressure on yourself for The Mountain Will Fall, even suggesting that your next move would be dependent on whether this LP was successful. What was happening with you musically, perhaps even personally, that made you focus on that album as the gauge, as the marker for what you would do next? Well, to be honest, every album is that way. I mean, I'm also a student of 
you know, kind of a musicologist when it comes to, you know, the history of of music and, and record companies and the way things work in the business and the, the ebbs and flows. And I think it's really important to, to constantly have at the forefront of your mind that, uh, you know, the opportunity to reach people is never guaranteed. I mean, tastes change, um, the, the market changes, you know, you can be hot one day and cold the next. So I never take it for granted that I'm going to have an audience, you know, like indefinitely. You have to work for it. And I think most artists would say that they they try to make music that they know their fans are really going to love and and everybody's going to love and they try to make the music as accessible as possible. But for me, what's important first and foremost is that I make music that I like. Um, and then you hope, or, or I hope, that that my fan base will follow me basically and and will understand why these differences from album to album are necessary and why you know making introducing over and over was never in the game plan um so yeah it's uh it's i feel that way kind of about every album but for a lot of reasons uh the mountain wolf Hall was a, a kind of a big milestone for me because um I, I asked to be let go of my major label deal uh, a couple of years ago prior to, prior to making the album, and I just felt as though I needed to do that. I needed to to, to be thrown in the deep end of the pool and, and sink or swim. And so I kind of bet on myself in a way. I feel like with a lot of the successes that the album has had and and the recontextualization of, of who I am as an artist now, I... I feel kind of validated and it wasn't easy i mean you know there was a lot of it's it's never easy to kind of go well i'm going to remove the safety net now and and you know really take a leap forward and i'm either going to fall flat on my face or or you know get to the next level of where i want to be and i'm just glad it worked out the way it did in the shadows pick up the shadow dj shadow arose and throw blows Hey everyone, you're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez. On the line is DJ Shadow. I spoke with Fatboy Slim a few years back, and he was adamant about not embracing certain trends. Like, he refused to play dubstep. He said it was going to be just a wave that would go over, be here for a couple of months, and then be gone. To some extent, he was right. With you and the evolution of hip-hop and what you came from, the golden era, the boom-bap, all that stuff that you revere and hold true... How do you feel about new trends? And with when you are working with a label and you are dependent on the success of a project, are you more likely to adhere to what the mainstream is digging and what's happening in the world around you? Um, it's a complicated question because, I mean, I would argue, just, just using the Fatboy Slim example, that there's no, when, when music is created and there's a, there's a, there's a trend or there's a, um, a movement of any kind, whether you deem it, relevant or not or whether whether you deem it um to be real or not it's it's like a it's like a stone that can't be unthrown you know what i mean it, it's going to hit the water and the water is going to create little waves and those waves are going to move across the water and they're going to affect everything else that comes after it in some way so you can think of any trend you know people used to hate disco People used to. I grew up, and people hated hip hop. People in the mainstream hated hip hop. People in the dominant rock press hated hip hop, and they all thought it was a fad. They all thought it was a trend. So I'm always very careful to 
not label music as as inherently worthless or or not worthy of my time or not worthy of my attention because I've seen where you know hindsight is always twenty twenty and and people get caught up in the moment and I, I mean I consider myself fairly impressionable and um, I think it's good to be that way I think it's good to to have an open mind and an open ear and learn from new ways of doing things and you know even dubstep as a genre i mean i don't know if he's talking about like uk dubstep or like the more americanized kind of bro step sound the super heavy skrillex kind of stuff so i mean you know everybody has their opinions but i think as long as you're not just kind of being a culture vulture and zooming around from one thing to another and you're incorporating the influences to into something that makes sense to your broader career then uh, then as far as i'm concerned it's valid but you know yeah i'm not a big fan of people who are like oh i don't like that anymore i'm all about this now oh that's old now i'm all about this i don't trust people like that because to me that's that's a little too easy you know what i mean there you go you heard it here first dj shadows next album is going to be swedish synth pop that's right, right, right. <laughs> hey, man, congratulations. Thank you for making time. Thank you. I appreciate the interview. Absolutely. Remember the past. Cherish the present. <laughs>